The Man in Line, brought to you by NetZeroMatrix.com, your one-stop shop for advice on renewable energy solutions and other green initiatives. Master Mike, good afternoon. Welcome to Man in Line on Max Radio. Seven minutes after 12. It's good to be back. Thanks to Alex for standing in. Well, what a day we have today then. Students are asked to stay at home as teachers start the second round of strike action. Douglas Council's got over £70,000 in social uh, housing rent arrears. And what are we doing about nurses' accommodation for the future? And also the Western Swimming Pool Board, uh, very dissatisfied with the government regarding that uh, pool report. So anything to report, anything to have a chat about, by all means do get in touch. Uh, I got a terrific note in from Margaret, who sent me a press uh, clipping from, I think it's the Daily Express, and it's regarding a charity shop in a small market town in the UK, which is raising £80,000 a year to fund, guess what, a local swimming pool. Kitchen sinks, thousands of Lego pieces, a valuable World War II watch and a rowing boat among the items sold to keep uh, this swimming pool afloat. They also helped to provide £300,000 towards the £850,000 renovation and extension of the Leisure Centre. Uh, this is in Settle in North, North Yorkshire um, and uh, the Daily Express, I think itself, has got a, a campaign called Save Our Public Pools, a crusade after it emerged that uh, 60 pools had shut down in the past three years, while the authority that looks after swimming in England, Swim England, recently warned that 300 face closure because of rising energy costs, something that uh, resonates. We're nowhere near that, of course, but interesting that this charity shop has raised the money. Thanks for that, Margaret. Uh, just shows what uh, people power can do. Keep up the good work, says Margaret. Thanks for getting in touch, Margaret. Very good to hear from you. So regarding the teacher strikes, schools across the Isle of Man have asked numerous year groups to stay at home today due to industrial action. Members and uh, talk about Groundhog Day. This seems to have been going on forever, doesn't it? The NESUWT, the Teachers Union are striking today and tomorrow in an ongoing dispute over pay, workload and working practices. You just wonder, don't you? <laughs> I mean, is it beyond the wit of the people involved to get this actually sorted? Somewhere along the line, somebody's dug their heels in, don't you think? And somebody on the other side has decided... Well, one person's dug their heels in, the other people have folded their arms, and they're just looking at each other. And in the middle, here we are. Well, the NESUWT's Deputy General Secretary is Jane Peckham. And she says this actually didn't need to happen. The offer that was made this year did not go far enough to address the real terms loss for our members. But we remain committed to reaching... Uh, a resolution to the dispute with the government here. 
In fact, we undertook talks with the department last Friday, which were actually very productive talks. And it's a little disappointing, actually, to be sitting here with strike action imminent when we made an offer on Friday to suspend tomorrow's action if the Manx government would confirm their commitment to considering uh, the suggestions that were made in the, the meeting last week. So it's very disappointing that no commitment has been made to this. So we are left with no option but to go ahead uh, with the strike. Former QE2 high school head teacher Sue Moore told Max Radio she sympathises with educators, especially since they give up a day's pay when they strike. Over a number of years, teachers' pay has been either frozen or gone up by 1% and has fallen way behind compared with other sectors. And I know as a head teacher, we were finding it increasingly difficult to recruit people, compounded obviously on the island by the fact that unless you've got Manx connections, it's more expensive and more difficult to get across to see relatives and so on. So I have sympathy with the action. That said, I do think that the department here has been doing its best in challenging financial circumstances to work with teachers and to try and find a way forward that is manageable. And you need to remember that a teacher going on strike actually loses a day's pay. So it's not something they do lightly. The difficulty you have as a head teacher is you can't know in advance how many people will actually strike that day. So you don't know whether you've got enough teachers to keep the school safe. And that's why teachers, head teachers take the decision to uh, send children home, because until the actual day, they don't know if they're going to have enough staff. When I first started teaching way back in the 80s, we took strike action at that point for similar reasons. Um, and did in fact then get a better pay deal for teachers. But actually now the change is we've got online learning. So teachers who are not on strike can still provide learning for children, even though they're at home. I think that's a big difference in terms of minimising the disruption to students. It does, of course, mean that they have to take the initiative and they have to be prepared to go online. I actually think strikes themselves, they're more disruptive for parents because of childcare, but actually for schools, they have less of an impact than the ongoing action short of strike, which means a lot of extracurricular activities, a lot of the fun things that make life interesting for students, that add to their whole experience, a lot of those things haven't been happening. And because it's been going on, that's been going on for a long time. I think that has had a much longer term effect on students. That was Sue Moore uh, recently, well, up until recently, of course, was head of QE2. Uh, There is um, a a story going around also that Manx uh, rugby Uh, school rugby has been very much affected and perhaps there won't be a school's rugby team representing the Isle of Man because of the lack of out of school extracurricular activities and sport is one of those a very important one that's uh, not happening so I, I just wonder what your thoughts are this has been planned it's been flagged up for quite a while the teachers have said the NASUWT have said they are going on strike so when, when will it be resolved? Whose job is it to resolve it? It seems that the union seems intent on dragging the minister, the DESC uh, minister in, but Julie Edge, MHK, maintains that's not right. It's not for the minister to be in the negotiations. They employ a negotiator, and that's how that has to be sorted out. 
but where is this going to stop? And when it is resolved, and let's hope it, it is resolved, what's the outcome? Who's won in this? And who's lost in this? And remember, the public purse is still paying. Uh, the light's on Douglas Promenade, and um, I know this has been brought up recently. I just wonder what your thoughts on this. The, the story about Douglas Promenade won't be working till later this year. The, the lightning strike knocked out some components. 250 components have been replaced. Uh, Douglas Council says global supplies are limited. The parts won't be available for some time. And mid-March, well, they say mid-March. What do you think mid-March actually means regarding the lights? Lots of interest in the lights. And remember, uh, it was our good friend Adam, uh, now resident in the UK, used to phone up all, all the time about the festoon lights that have gone in so much now that Douglas Promenade is somewhat gloomy after dark. And, of course, <laughs> the clocks don't go forward for a long time, so the light lights are quite a way away. But there, there still remain pockets of um, festoon lights, certainly on Douglas Head below us here. We have the famous string of pearls, the white festoon lights that you can see, and it really is uh, something of a landmark looking from Douglas Promenade, and probably the most prominent light of all looking from Douglas Promenade is the giant poppy that we have on Douglas Head, that big red poppy that you can see from absolutely everywhere. It's a talking point, and certainly it's something that isn't replicated in many places. So we have the festoon lights on Douglas Head. There are also two sets of festoon lights. I think it's Empress Terrace, and it was Empress Drive and Empire Terrace. No, it's Empire. Anyway, Empress and Empire, uh, just by the Welbeck, there are two sets of festoon lights that are on periodically. And I'm just wondering whether, you know, who runs those? Who exactly is it who, who uh, puts those lights together? And who pays for them, more importantly? Uh, at least the DOI got something right. Are the lightning conductors actually worked? So this will be an expensive regular occurrence. Perhaps... They'll reinstate the original attractive lighting, says John. And uh, a message in from Pippa, who says, regarding the, light, the lighting that got knocked out by lightning, did they not think of this before? Did they not think that perhaps those big lights may get struck by lightning, something somewhere? And who, who signed this off? Who... Who signed the fact off that um, we could possibly get hit by lightning and knocked out? And obviously they don't have the spare parts ready because they're having to source them and install them, and it's going to be March. Is it going to be March, says Pippa? Remember when TT starts? Uh, good on the doctors, says Tony, uh, in the news for calling out the assisted dying agenda. They introduced it in Canada for strictly end-of-life care patients. Now they provide the service for all sorts of people, young, old, people with depression, physical disabilities, long COVID and age concerns. Not my words, the words of Tony. So where does the line lie? What about a doctor's Hippocratic Oath? Do no harm. If we introduce assisted suicide, it is at our peril. Well, they call it assisted dying, Tony. They'll open it wide and make the poor feel obligated into dying. So, and I think that's no good, says Tony on 476. Uh, six, uh, sorry, 280, just a very simple question. What about homeschooling? 
says to it. What about homeschooling, 280? And Graham said, Andy, why did teachers only go on strike after they've come back from holidays? Well, it was planned a while ago, so it's always near holidays. I mean, the uh, the um, uh, school holidays are um, not infrequent. I'm trying to think the next half term is going to be the 20th. I think it's the 20th of February, 20th to the 24th, Monday to Friday, 20th to 24th of February. Um, obviously, school's back now, half term, Monday the 20th to 24th. More to the point, I just wonder whether... I mean, if this affects you, i.e. you have a, a child of school age, then it really does affect your life, particularly if you have to, um, obviously, perhaps take a day off work or uh, look out for some childcare. If it doesn't affect you, you kind of shrug your shoulders and say, well, teachers are going on strike, some kids are going to be home from school, hey-ho. But what do you think should happen? I mean, is it the government's responsibility to draw an end to this. Uh, Neil said, the press seems to be teacher bashing, not driven by the minister, I hope. Uh, I don't know what you mean by teacher bashing, Neil. Do get in touch. Tell us what you mean by that. Not all teachers are striking. It's members of a certain union that's taking action. The majority of teachers are in school and working as per their contract. Texter 413. Well, James said, look, Jane Peckham, uh, Jane Peckham is the um, Deputy General Secretary of the NASUWT. James says, Jane Peckham's fooling nobody. If the NASUWT had really, really wanted to suspend strikes, it could have been done. The teachers now striking are losing the majority of public support, says James. Uh, a note in from 404. Uh, you're in the habit of presenting a one-sided view of the teacher strike. How about some balance, says 404. Well... Text to 404. Why don't you pick the phone up and tell us what your side of it is and what exactly is unbalanced. I think we've, we all know what the facts are. One union, the NASUWT, hasn't accepted the government's paying conditions package and have now gone to strike action. This has been going on for years. So text to 404. Tell us how you think this should be resolved. I mean, obviously the union wants it to be resolved in only one way, and that is more public money into education to pay teachers, to pay teachers' salary. Nobody's suggesting teachers shouldn't be paid, but they are public servants, and the money does come out of the public purse. And if the teachers get paid, what happens then to other public servants? Is that a ratchet effect? And there's been suggested that the NESUWT would like to take uh, the pay deal that they want under their arm and take it back to the UK and say, well, look what we got in the Isle of Man. How about it over here? We may be used as a test bed for this. We have the opportunity to have an education system that's the envy of the world. If the chief minister wants to attract more people to the Isle of Man, says Texter212, then they'll be coming over here in their droves if they can get an excellent education for their children. So surely, if we increase teachers' pay significantly, we attract the best teachers in the UK to the island, or perhaps from the island of Ireland or English-speaking countries around the world, then 
all the other people will follow, says Scott. So paying teachers and getting the best teachers will be a sprat to catch a mackerel to get people who want their children to be very well educated. What happened to arbitration? Why aren't the teachers accepting arbitration, says Texter839. Uh, the lights are surge protected. This is the lights on the promenade. Texter 623. Andy, the lights are surge protected, but you can't protect against a direct hit from a lightning bolt. Carries about a million volts. That's why they demolish houses. Uh, let's have a look here. Uh, let's have a look here. Uh, Kenny. Oh, thank you, Kenny, for your... Kenny keeps uh, wanting to talk about the Baroness Moan uh, case um, and seems to want to conflate it with the Isle of Man. Kenny, give us a call. Just see what, what it is you want to actually talk about. Um, you don't seem to care about funding swimming pools on the Isle of Man. Thank you for that, Kenny. Uh, 459. Do, do by all means get in touch. You're not, nobody's stopping your calling. 66, 13, 68. I have to say, the lanes, Tony, uh, the lanes in Douglas are overflowing with rubbish. The bins are overflowing. It is a shame to see this. Anyway, and thank you, Desmond. Good to hear from you. Thanks for your good wishes. Uh, the Isle of Man teachers, says Mark, are paid more than the London waiting, and they get Manx tax. UK pay 40% tax when they're above the threshold, of course. Most of the unions have accepted the deal. It's only the militant trots who've infiltrated the NASUWT who are playing the games. That's Mark who says this. Uh, they're controlled by their UK bosses who have the mindset they want class war. And they think we're all uh, wealth beneficiaries of a tax haven over here. Therefore, the Isle of Man is the enemy in their warped view. It's known that also the NASUWT are using the Isle of Man as a test ground for further disputes they intend to invent in the UK. This, says Mark, has nothing to do with pay or conditions. It's the usual class war nonsense that belongs in the past. And David's with us now. Hi, David. Hello, Andy. Uh, it's just an article I read in the uh, one of the British newspapers reminded everybody that um, they've got till April if they want to top up their voluntary national insurance contributions. Um, and it's saying that if you don't do it by April, you can only go back six years. But if you do it before April, you can go back to 2006, 2007. Now, if you're self-employed, you can top up your national insurance contributions at quite a, a low rate, which will give you a full year's um, pension. So it's a massive boost to your pension if you can go back that far. So I've been in touch with the pensions over here, and they've told us, uh, even though we've got an, a reciprocal agreement with the pensions in the UK, they're only allowing it on the island to go back six years, which is a massive disadvantage. Why have we got that here? Okay, and uh, which particular office is it in the UK? Is it the one in Newcastle? Yes, you can go through Newcastle, yeah. yeah. Okay, have you done it yourself? I did. I did it last year. I topped up. I bought back ten years, which cost me a few quid. But I'll get that back in less than two years. Okay, and you say it's fairly reasonable without, you know, disclosing your circumstances. How much would people be paying? I think if you're self-employed and you get the lower stamp, I think I think it's two hundred and fifty-one pound for a full year. And when you consider 
a weekly pension now, if you've got the full stamp, is £185 a week. Wow. So uh, it's a huge, huge benefit to go back, especially if you're self-employed. If you're not self-employed, I think it costs you about 700 maybe £800 a year. But it's still worth doing. But I, I don't know why we're stymied on the island. If we've got the same agreements, we should be able to do the same as the UK. Okay, and when when when's that open till? When do you have to do it before? You must do it before April this year. Okay, so before the end of this tax year, presumably. Yes, I would mm. imagine so. Yes, but <laughs> anybody who's if you've worked in the UK and then you come and lived in the island, you've got gaps from two thousand and six onwards. It's worth doing. Get in touch with them, and um, get your your pension topped up because it'll make a massive difference when you retire. Okay, all right, we appreciate that, David. And just. Just before you go, Andy, yeah. Andy um, there was a text in before saying, why don't the teachers go to arbitration? Uh, do you remember when the bus drivers were on strike? Uh, and they had a big dispute, and it ran on for quite a long time, and it yeah. got very um, protracted. Well, I remember, I can't remember who he was, but it was a government minister who said the reason the government won't go to arbitration, if the bus drivers won, they wouldn't honour it. And I think that's the same position we've got here with the teachers. Oh, my word, is that so? He said that on Mike's radio, yes. Yeah. Crikey. All right. Well, we appreciate that, David. Right, Thanks thank for calling. You. Good to All hear right. from you. Thanks for that. And a great tip as well if you're self-employed and uh, something you want to get to the bottom of. More on the teacher strike. Gareth Young was a teacher. He walked away from the profession. After years and years of seeing a system consistently downtrodden myself and my colleagues and not actually work for the people that are in it, I couldn't really carry on staying. So how long do you how long do you think the union should go on pressing their claim? They've continually tried to engage with desk. They aren't being listened to. And realistically, if this is the only language that desk will listen to, then I would support them 100%. And even though this actually affects me, I've got children in school that are going to be having to stay off and I'm going to have to home educate them while they're there, I would still support them all the way. Realistically, the only way to stand up to people that won't listen is to actually make a stand until you're heard. If you just continue to get rolled over by people, then they will continue to essentially carry on that cycle of almost abuse of their staff. The UK Business Secretary Grant Shapps made a statement in the House of Commons yesterday on planned anti-strike clause. Before Christmas, our Chief Minister hinted on Man in Line that similar action may be taken here. Comments the Isle of Man Trade Union Council are calling on him to withdraw. The NASUWT's Deputy General Secretary, Jane Peckham, says such legislation breaches people's rights. Our response will mirror that of other unions in that the solution to avoiding industrial action is not to impose further restrictions on workers particularly public sector workers, in being able to exercise their right to protest. And by, by putting further restrictions on members to be able to voice their concerns and to uh, seek to pressure for resolutions will not stop members from doing that. Any uh, anti-trade union legislation breaches people's rights their rights to be able to have their views heard. Um, but as unions, we will deal with whatever comes. Well, what's your thoughts on this? Particularly, do you remember when uh, Alfred Cannon was on Man in Line before Christmas and talked about that? Um, and um, 
quite fervently talked about introducing uh, some sort of regulation whereby um, there will be a, a no-strike clause or people like teachers at some point would be bluntly forced back to work. But this has gone on for a long time. And in your view, how long is too long, I wonder? Uh, David's on now. Hi, David. Hi, mate. It is too long. And my um, take on this as, a, as an individual anyway, as a grandparent as well, where my granddaughter is off school today and then again off school tomorrow. And then at her age now needs to be studying for the future. And I talk to them, younger people, and I think it's, they don't know what's going on, I have to tell you the truth. And we do not know what's going on. We don't know what the deal has been thrown to the education minister. And it would be nice to find out what they're asking for now. That's, I mean, that's and, interesting you say that because there is no kind of black and white of this. What's the sticking point? And, that, you know, yeah. who's, who's, as I say, you know, one, one side's dug their heels in, the other side's folded their arms, and they just seem yeah. to be looking at each other. Well, the only thing is, is binding arbitration. I don't know whether they'll, um, uh, both parties would agree to that, but there is several opportunities to do these sort of things. And if one put, we're talking about one particular side of a union, which is on the education side, but uh, I think there's other two components of the education unions which have settled and have um, gone forward, you know, and they're getting dragged into this, the same mire, isn't it? And when, when you... You know, the head teacher says, well, we can't, we, got, we, ha we haven't enough staff to uh, run the school. Is that to educate the kids or is it just to look after the kids? Because I remember the Bemahag, which is the one in Onken here too, is we didn't have enough people to, um, when they originally, the, the children came to school, to look after them while before they went to classes. And then it was in the break periods and then the, the lunch periods, you know, so Something needs to be put on the table. Some, some of these politicians need to strike up and say to them, look, we can't do that. You look at the world it is, Andy, yourself, and you're, you're an individual as well as the rest of us is. Where are we going to get the money to do the pay the extra? You know, there's only so much in the pot. And if we spend it all at once, and there could be a, an argument that uh, the union are using the Isle of Man as a bit of a backdoor method and then hang it over the English government to say, look what we did in the Isle of Man. And the other thing I don't like all the time is when our tax haven, we may have tax advantages in the Isle of Man. And that's what we should be doing all the, uh, all the time to encourage businesses and people to come to the Isle of Man. The Isle of Man is a great place to live. Do you think this is political, David? Yes, <laughs> I do. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, well, I don't know a lot of the teachers now, probably would have done a few years ago there. Uh, they're all different, but I look at the um, the people who are uh, doing this and think to myself, you know, what do they hope to achieve? Uh, and they're intelligent people, and and you know, how much has Treasury got, or the Minister uh, for Treasury to put in that particular pot? And can I, Andy, before I miss it too, is regarding the nurses and the nurses' home. And we did build at the hospital a nurse's block. But the only thing we do, don't have is, and we probably can't have is, is bigger homes. We used to have homes near the old hospital, 
where families used to live, surgeons used to live with their whole family. And this particular guy, I think it is, that's on there, whatever it is, anethetist or something like that, uh, is thinking of going back. But he must have knew about the circumstances on the island, man. The property is high. Uh, he's li- I think he said he was living in a hotel. And the other issue is he has a pet. So, I mean, there's all sorts of difficulties there. But why can't we iron them out? Uh, you wonder, don't you? All right, thanks for calling today. See you, boy. All right, good to hear from you. Ken's with us now. Hi, Ken. Oh, hello there, Andy. I'm putting the garden, you're uh, reading out half my text. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, oh, the, yeah you're the guy who emailed, texted in about um, Baroness Moan, Michelle Moan. Yeah. I just wonder how you can justify it as not a man's story. When they live here, they've got a private jet registered here, they've got a yacht registered here, and up until recently they had a place in French Road where they had employees here. How can you, how can you justify that as not a man's story? Well, the firm that Michelle Moan's connected with won UK government contracts, and she sits in the House of Lords, which is in the UK, and um, she's under investigation. There is a House of Lords investigation. So it was a contract with the UK government. She sits in the House of Lords, and it, the, the situation is being investigated by the House of Lords. Now, none of those three things are in the, are in the Isle of Man. No, but the employees were that, that lost their jobs in Finch Road when the, when the National Crime Agency raided their, their, pro- their property here. The money that they sorted from the procurement scheme that used by the UK government. Okay, well, that's, the, that's your allegation. Uh, that's, I oh, mean, no, that, no, that, let me back it up then. Let me back it up. David Conn from The Guardian has been investigating for over a year. Yeah, yeah. I but I, to, I don't quite see why you think that it's something that we should be talking about on Manx Radio. Well, David Clutch has been on the same a lot of tax haven. Well, what is it about the island that makes us appealing to people who are millionaires? They've got money to hide. Well, the, the Isle of Man, since the 1960s, has attracted high net worth individuals because it charges, it's got a lower rate of tax than the UK. Well, you can call them, you can call them high net worth individuals. I can think of a few words from they're hiding money here. We've got, no, we've got a shortage of teachers. We've got a shortage of pharmacists. Yeah. We've got a shortage of essential workers on this island. And we've got no shortage of private banks and wealth management companies appealing to the, your so-called high net worth individuals to come yeah. here. And we shouldn't be hiding for these kind of people. They're immoral. When you say immoral, what about the high net worth individuals that live in Ireland, in Holland, in Luxembourg, in Monaco, in Andorra, in Liechtenstein, in Jamaica, in Delaware, in the United States. Yeah, you're always saying that we are not like those places. But what, 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 what differentiates an island man from those types of places are tax havens. If they're coming here, they hide their wealth. So why do you live here? Why do you live here, Kenny? What kind of questions that to ask someone? I'm well, a taxpayer, Isle of Man. Oh, yeah. But so, so about, <laughs> you're, you're, if you think the Isle of Man is a tax haven, and you said it's immoral. What, what do you yeah. expect to happen? Justice. There's a lot of punching down in your programme. People come on and pick about people. The, the teachers, the, the people punching down. The teachers for standing up for a fair wage. Yeah. Where's the balance, Andy? Well, you, you, told you, me before, you've told me before that this is not a UK story. Uh, yeah, well, Michelle Moan's company is, it was a UK company that won a UK contract. She sits in the House of Lords. 
She's a UK, basically a UK politician, sits in the House of Lords. She doesn't sit in the House of Keys. She's not a member of Legislative Council. And she's not under investigation in the Isle of Man for this uh, uh, Medpro thing. I think you'll find she is. The money that they, they took from the procurement of the PPE by, from the UK government was put into HSBC and Victoria Street. The HSBC flagged up the, the transactions that they were making through Michelle Moen's grown-up children, and they were buying properties in Glasgow. They bought a jet, which is registered here, and they've got a yacht that's registered here. Okay, well, those are your... Uh, that, I mean, that's your opinion. Thank you for that, Kenny. We appreciate that. And by all means, get in touch. However, I don't really see what you think that relevance has to an ongoing phone-in and, and interactive show on the Isle of Man and what exactly, A, we can do about it. Nothing can happen until um, she was referred to the commissioner uh, by the Labour peer, George Folk. She, she now is under investigation under Lord's uh, Code of Conduct. Beyond that... What is there? It's 21 minutes before one. Caroline North is back for 2023 and we have a brand new show from 60s Caroline legend Roscoe. As usual, we have some great music from the 60s, 70s, 80s and into the 90s and some money to give away in our competition and a signed copy of the paperback book The Last Day of June by its author and sponsor of this month's competition, Ted Bunn. The entire weekend is sponsored by Feature Story News and you can join us live from the Ross Revenge this weekend. Online 648 and 1368. It's Radio Caroline North, live from the Ross Revenge. Kill storage, cool kill storage. Cool cool kill removals and storage today. We'll store your goods day after day. Safe and secure around the clock. When it comes to storage, we do the lot. Cool kills offer a huge range of storage solutions. From single items to full households, single pallet to full container storage. We also offer secure storage for cars. 675-495 Storage Solutions. All the time you can be sure we'll get the job done. Click coolkillremovals.com. TGI Friday. Harry Ramsden's, Greg's, Chiquito. They're each loved for food and enjoyment. And now they've all teamed up with Iceland to bring their famous food direct to you. Piccolino, Yo, and many more. All in one place. Shop right in Douglas. So anytime you're craving for what makes them famous, we can help. No defrost, no prep, no waste. Straight from the freezer into the oven. And all at great prices. New exclusive brands only at ShopRite Douglas. Selected products in other stores. Remember when ringtones sounded like this? All next week on Manx Radio, if you can identify some classic tunes by their polyphonic ringtones, you could win an incredible 24-month Manx Telecom Smart Unlimited phone contract worth over £850. Listen out for the ringtone, text the name of the song to 166177, then be listening to next Friday's afternoon show to see if you're a winner. It's Polyphonic Pop, all next week with Manx Telecom and your nation station, Manx Radio. The Man in Line, brought to you by NetZeroMatrix.com, the world's leading carbon register and validation ecosystem. Pastor Mike, good afternoon, 18 minutes before one on Manx Radio. Could you ask um, somebody from the Fire Brigade to explain how they tackle a fire in a hybrid or electric vehicle? Does it take a lot more water than... um, 
uh, a normal internal combustion engine. I wonder about that. Manxwell says, uh, oh, good to hear from you, Manxwell. Thanks for that good message. How long does it take then to put out a hybrid or an electric fire? for an EV. Other facts regarding EV fires like push bikes, which again have been in the news for setting a house on fire. <laughs> Thanks for that. Uh, regarding the teachers, if the teachers demanded a pay rise on this scale in a private company, they'd put themselves out of business by the end of the day. Now, everyone could improve their working environment, but there's only one loser here, and it's the children. It's the school students. I genuinely feel that teachers aren't gaining any uh, fans, says this correspondent, uh, hearing about their demands. The government is us, the public. The government is us. We elected the government, and the government handles public money. So Lisa says, surely just get back to work, get on with it, like the rest of us. Stephen's on now. Hi, Stephen. Good afternoon, Andy, and good afternoon, listeners. There was a report on Manx Radio recently of an oncology nurse, I believe, who travelled, uh, was engaged by the Department of Health to come and work here and has arrived on the island, but is it finding it impossible to find accommodation. Now, my point is, if this nurse has to return back to the United Kingdom, because of a failure to provide accommodation, this is a terrific indictment, not only of the department, but also the administration. If we invite people to come and work for us, I would have thought it's incumbent upon the relative department who has employed him to ensure that there is a suitable accommodation to come here. We need new staff. And if we are not able to accommodate the staff and they have to go back after being employed, it is shocking. And I do hope that an MHK picks this up and asks an urgent question at the earliest opportunity. Because we all right, they are debating uh, a new strategic plan for the island. But if we cannot get our existing infrastructure, that what we need to survive as an island right, then it's a complete and utter waste of time of every MHK's contribution, in my view, about the new plan. We talk the length of breadth of the island and we meet people who have got problems in healthcare. And if we can't simply get people to uh, find accommodation for them, when we've, in we've employed them, it is, in my view shocking and is a is a terrible indictment as i say of not only the department but the administration it appears to me that at the moment similar to the uk we are in crisis of all our institutions of governance there's teachers which is education the department of health which is essential to everybody our infrastructure has got constant problems and there is significant issues, therefore, of what we have now. Not but you where just, we want you know, to be. Stephen, you just wonder. Go back to infrastructure. The Isle of Man used to have roads like billiard tables. 
and we seem to be have, have slipped back now is that is that government is that civil servants is it policy is it strategy i mean what we what we end up with and if you like the the um uh, the roads are a kind of a symptomatic they're an, an emblem of what's happening as you say in in the health service in manx care and in education something somewhere has gone wrong now it may be wrong to blame recent politicians this problem maybe could could have started 10 years ago well there's nothing we can do about the past but there is something that we can do about the future and unless our elected representatives are going to bring this and have it debated. We're never going to go anywhere. But, as I keep on coming round, let's just concentrate on this one example. We all know that the hospital is in dire need of staff. And if we cannot uh, provide uh, accommodation, if the department simply cannot provide accommodation for this new employee, when we know we need 50, 60, 100 more people to work in the Department of Health, in the hospital and associated fields, how on earth can we grow the population? We do need, as Mr. Webster said, we've got to try and get what we've got now right, and it's not happening. Do you think it's enough then for, I mean, uh, Theresa um, uh, Cope from, from Manx, yeah, and I remember David Ashford said this when he was health minister, that we're, we're subject to the worldwide market and there is a, a worldwide shortage of clinicians and nurses. Well, let's just concentrate on this one example. If we've got somebody that wants to come and be employed in our healthcare, he cannot find accommodation for his family and their pet. Now, let's concentrate on this. Why can't it be done? Why can't the department find accommodation for this person and maybe the 10 next people? Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's look at this one example and resolve it properly. And I do hope that possibly an MHK will follow it up. Max Radio could follow it up and see, will this person get accommodation here? And will they remain in employment on the island? If we can't get one person right, how on earth are we going to get the rest right? Interesting. So we focus on the immediate problem. Yes, yes, let's focus on our immediate problems, resolve them, and then we can move on to all the other issues. Let's, instead of trying to fix a hundred things, as the old saying goes, let's fix one thing, one step at a time. Okay. All right, Stephen, thanks for calling. We appreciate that. Uh, Wilf's on now. Hi, Wilf. Hi there. Uh, I, I seen on the television a little while ago that the only way to put out an electric car, but this is in America, they had to have a tank of water that they could completely submerge the car in. They have no chemicals or anything up till now. I don't know what they may have, something now, I don't know, that would put one out. <clears throat> but the other thing I was going to say as well was... Can't the people of Douglas get together, do a petition amongst themselves, and present it to the town hall and say, put the bin job back as it was, or there's no chance you will ever get to be a commissioner again? Very simple. Yeah. And do it immediately. Uh, let's go back to that electric car. So foam right. does foam or powder don't work. Well, that's, that's what it had on the television. I mean, they may have, they may have invented something but since then, I don't know. But that's what they had. It had to be dumped in a tank 
that would completely uh, cover the car Good and, and smother it completely. Oh. They can't they can't spray enough water on it, and they can't put enough foam on it. They've got to they've got to take the take the oxygen away from it completely. Okay. All right. Thanks, Wilf. All right. All right. Okay. Good to hear from you, Tam in Williston uh, on one double O. So, uh, do the children have to stay at home if all the teachers aren't on strike? Let the children attend and let the responsible authorities deal with it. Most kids want to go to school, says Tam in Williston. I thought a lightning bolt was 1.21 gigawatts, says Big Al, only in Back to the Future. <laughs> I love those Hollywood references. Uh, lots more recycling bins. That's what we want, says Texter280. Um, I remember the arg- that, that argument being used to increase MHK salaries. By paying them more, you'll get better candidates. Well, look how that <laughs> worked out, says John. Here's Jed now. Hi, Jed. Hi, just following on from that great call before about the oncology nurse and the uh, lack of housing. Yeah. Uh, some some great points put forward, but I think if the listeners just take a bit of time to just mull over this, this housing shortage, it's not come about by accident. This is carefully calculated right across the Isle of Man. And this has got the support and endorsement of members of Isle of Man government, because otherwise, if they were acting in the public interest, this wouldn't have happened. So we're allowing, say, rental property owners to have, say, over 300 accommodations. And this isn't right, you know, for the, for the actual climate and the availability that we need economically here. So it could be solved, and it could be solved quite easily by some simple legislative moves about the control of rental properties. And do you think, and that, many- I mean, do you think there's, there's political work? Because what we're talking about is restricting an industry, because, as you say, for some people, renting property is an industry. It's not a hobby. It's not one or two houses or a flat they happen to have inherited. Some people do it for a living to get returns. I think the people of the Isle of Man have got to open their eyes. This, this hasn't come about by any sort of you know peculiar accident or anything. This is calculated, and this, this goes right into planning. This goes into housing estates that have been granted and who's buying them up, and then the rental properties and the controls that landlords have. It's all very carefully mapped out, and the sooner you know this is changed and adapted, then we can move forward, because to have someone who owns hundreds of properties, it's got a stranglehold on a community in certain ways, on the rents they can charge and, and who they have in and out, and this is why we're suffering now. So it's just a message, really, to the listeners to uh, just scratch your heads and get onto your MHK. So, when politicians say, or prospective politicians say, the answer is to build more houses, is that right? I think we've got to be clever. Um, you know, we've got to look at our green zones and we've got to look at these vacant government sites around Douglas, you know, the prison, Park Road, Summerland, that are all owned by government. So, why not can they be adapted for the benefit of the Manx population? But there are choices being made not to do that. And again, you know, we've just got to take a step back and think, well, why? You know, these people need to act in our interests. Okay, I appreciate that, Jed. Thanks for calling. Thank you. All right, seven minutes to one now. In my opinion, says Texter270, the teachers who've lost the support of the general public with regards to them striking, simply put, they're asking for far more money than the rest of us get in pay rises. And it's the general public that will have to pay for it. They want support, but they also want it as money from those of us 
who can't afford it. That's uh, Texter270, Graham. Um, it has to be pointed out as well. Remember, teachers do pay tax as well, so they are taxpayers. Uh, what happened to arbitration, says Texter4839? It's because the government will not go to arbitration. But will they with the likes of NJC, says Texter839? Uh, the department's listened to, but, but it won't bend to this particular union's demands. All the strikers are doing today and tomorrow is hurting the students and their own pay packets. And often we forget this. They're not getting paid. The department has made its position clear. Text us 623. The NASUWT, see his website, are striking in Scotland demanding 12%. Well, hasn't the Alaman offered 8 to 11.9%? So the Alaman strike surely is politically driven. 8 to 8 point, uh, to 11.9%. Uh, does anybody, T on 476, Andy, does anybody else agree that the £60 parking fines, which go up to £90 after 30 days issued by the authorities, far too steep in this age of austerity? £60 is a week's food for a family. Electric gas or half of someone's rent. Yes, there should be fines for parking violations, but isn't £20 going to 30 fair and in balance with our earning? Maybe they could find it in their hearts to reduce parking fines. Furthermore, what do they do with all the money they get through parking fines, says T. The Man in Line, brought to you by NetZeroMatrix.com. Helping Isle of Man companies and citizens to understand net zero targets and the green future. Uh, Faster by, good afternoon. Uh, ask the teachers if the government were to pay their maximum claim, would they pay extra tax to fund it? Uh, a note in says, uh, let's have a look here. Uh, this one regarding, yes, it's been proved, says this uh, correspondent. Uh, the Isle of Man is not a tax haven. It is a low tax jurisdiction. Well... There we are. I just wonder what your opinion is. It goes back to the 1960s. It goes back to the lieutenant governor in the 1960s. Sir Ronald Garvey was the lieutenant governor in the 1960s. It was when the socialist government in the UK, Harold Wilson, darling Harold, and his Gannix Mac put up super tax. I think it was to 19 and 6 in, in the pound. 19 and 6, 97 and a half P in the pound. And Ronald Garvey happened to point out to Tinwald that the Alabama didn't have to charge super tax. Didn't charge super tax, and that's why there's a whole wave of 1960s bungalows right across the Alabama. That was the first influx of, apologies for the term, high net worth individuals, rich people. On the teachers' action, if the teachers within the union that's taking action win, then the school will have a two-tier pay system because lots of unions have accepted it. So we'll end up with more industrial action within schools for balanced pay, says Neil. Is that what they want? There's been a lot of talk about financing the swimming pool, says text to 394, 2.5p in the pound, potentially rising to 6p in the pound. However, ratepayers are paying 16.5p in the pound for a churchyard maintenance. 
The rate seems to be a mystery as to who sets it. The accounts are kept hidden. Reduce this by 10p in the pound and give it to the swimming pools. Text to 394. More people use swimming pools than use churches. Now, there we are. Back to relative merit again. Uh, that's it for Man in Line. Good to be back with you. Back tomorrow at high noon for another open line. Thanks to Howie Kane on the phones today. W-I-N-T